This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 30. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, your source for the very best tools, tips and ideas used by real estate's top performers. Now here's your host, Ray Wood. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. I've received so much awesome feedback following my interview with real estate radio advertising guru Toby Salgado last week. In fact, the interview inspired a number of listeners to jump in and begin their radio campaigns and I love it when someone hears a great idea and takes action. You'll find my interview with Toby at topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 29 and be sure to take note of the simple four-step formula that Toby shares during our session. I had an email this morning from John McGrath, and he's all set to chat with me next week. So let me share the love with you on this one. If you've got a question for John, just go to topagentsplaybook.com and you can send me your question straight off the front page of the site, and I'll ask John on your behalf. And while you're there, signing up for my ebook puts you straight into my VIP list where you get to hear all my podcasts before anyone else. And I also share special giveaways with this list as well. I want to thank Locked On for being the main sponsor of the show and wish the guys all the best for their Christmas party this Sunday. And if you haven't heard, a Locked On subscription and setup fee is about to increase in early 2016. So now is virtually your last chance to get a discount deal for life. And if you've been sitting on the fence, here's the thing. If your real estate software doesn't engage you, it certainly won't be engaging your potential clients. So why do next year the same thing you've been doing this year and expect better results? To help you beat the price rise and give yourself a Christmas treat, I've set up a super sweet deal for listeners of this podcast. All you need to do is head over to the resources tab at topagentsplaybook.com and click the link. Like I said, you'll never get real estate's best software at this price again. You've probably heard about Brisbane's Coronas Real Estate, but what you might not know about is the man behind the brand. Here's an interview with the managing director of the largest independent real estate network in Australia. And whatever you're doing and wherever you are in your career, I think you'll get a heap of value from this session. In less than 15 years, Andrew Coronas has taken that one hole in the wall, as he calls it, that he took over from his father to 22 busy offices. But unlike the traditional real estate business model where offices are franchised, each Corona store is company owned and get this, Corona salespeople earn four times the industry average in Queensland and in this interview, you'll discover why. Fresh back from a business discovery tour of Silicon Valley, Andrew is pumped about the future of real estate in Australia and gives us his recipe for thriving in the new economy. Well, Andrew Coronas, welcome to Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time. You're um, welcome. Can I firstly say uh, congrats on being nominated? I think it's the Channel Seven Business Person of the Year Award. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, um, some of the other the, um, the finalists in the award um, are very big businesses in Australia. Yep. And secondly, I, I'm proud to be able to hold, a, I suppose, the baton for the real estate or the property industry around Australia that you know we're being recognised as a as a, a uh, worthy business to be put up with other businesses like Lorna Jane and, and Domino's Pizza. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's well, it's a huge feather in your cap, and it's great not only for for you and for Coronas Real Estate, but also, as you said, great for our industry. Um, so speaking of Coronas, I mean, you're up against some, some big names when it comes to real estate, um, but then Coronas is a pretty big name now too. Can you tell me how you came to be involved in real estate? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I, I finished school and, and I enjoyed the sporting field more than the academic side of school. And um, my dad had a what we call, um, well, it was a little real estate office at Stafford on the north side of Brisbane. And um, we affectionately call it the hole in the wall now. It was yeah. you know, a typical little real estate agency where I suppose we struggled to make ends meet. Um, we weren't that ambitious, or you know, Dad wasn't that ambitious, but he provided a good income from that for himself, like most real estate officers do. But it really wasn't a business. And um, I got into real estate, that was in 1988, and I worked with Dad until about 2000 when I took over the business. And I always had, a, I suppose, a passion for business, and real estate was the business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just so happens that I'm passionate about property. I think that comes from the ethnic background. You know, the, the, the old immigrants, they were very strong in property. And um, through my family, we've always had, you know, property investments. So it was something that was in our blood and we talked around the, the dinner table with. And so my, start, my early start was just a salesperson in an office at 18 years old. I had to borrow my dad's car to show buyers around houses. Um, and it was... It was, I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I, I was actually talking to someone the other day with an interview and I said, I survived on what I thought was, you know, a lot of energy and providing good customer service and people appreciated that even at 18 years old. So yeah. that was my start. Well, I can identify with that, Andrew, because my father gave me a job when uh, when I was about the same age uh, yes. in, in his real estate office. and. Um, yes. I started, uh, yeah, doing the doing the very very basic things. Well, I'd sort of um, I'd worked for Dad and the firm, and uh, like after school running mail and things like that. Yes, so uh, yes, yes. that was, it was obviously uh, dinner. Yeah, the, the dinner time conversation was based around real estate at the table. It it wasn't just dinner time. Everything was <laughs> everything was work related. I can't remember, yes. um, and it was just such a focus. I, I'm the oldest of five boys, so. Yes. And four of us are in real estate, but there was, uh, and that's probably where it came from because um, yeah. Dad was always on the on the phone, like till late at night. I remember on the old phone yes. in the kitchen, yes. Um, doing yes. doing deals and uh, and yes. you know whatever he had to do. And uh, he uh, in a good. small country town of only ten thousand, he did a he did a very good job. But um, yeah. I can I can very much identify with that. It's, it's interesting, yeah, you would have been the, the kids in the back of the car with your dad doing a contract on the bottom yeah. of the car and things yeah. like that. That's, that's right. That's, that's yep. right. Yeah. I, so I suppose I remember that. you sit and you watch and you learn and you, 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 you see how your dad does it and, and um, I suppose it made me proud to be able to come into the family business and, and obviously grow it as well from where it is to where it is today. Well, I think, uh, am I right in saying that you are the largest uh, independent real estate network in the country? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people um, uh, common, uh, commonly ask me, you know, how many franchises you have, and we, we don't franchise. It's not part of our DNA and where we want to go. Right. I think the, I think the franchise businesses do a good job of that, and I think the independents do a good job being independents. But nobody's taking a corporate model in the middle where um, they have what I'm trying to set up as Australia's first real corporate model of, of fully owned yeah. real estate agencies. Um, and that's, that's a real passion of mine. So as as I guess what do we call them store uh, company stores uh, or, or, or company offices? Do you think that you can um, I guess maintain more control? That was the idea. Um, you know, I saw some of the shortcomings of being independent, where you don't have 
you know, market presence and you can't afford to do a lot of things because it's a cottage business. And then I saw uh, uh, some of the issues with, with franchises that you don't have control over your brand and you don't have control over the culture, more importantly, in the brand. And that's what we want to maintain. I mean, we're, we're just ostensibly a big family business now. Yeah. And you know, the, the hardest thing that I've had to do is we've grown to 22 offices uh, and over 300 people that work with us is cr- maintain that, I suppose... <laughs> Um, family values that go with our business. And being company-owned, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Well, it certainly sounds... Um, I was speaking with Patrick um, McKinnon the other day. Yes. Uh, in, yes. fact, in fact, we did a, we did a great interview and, um, and uh, Patrick's come out of the, out of the gates uh, like a Hasn't Porsche, it? as I say, Hasn't going from zero to yeah, 750 yeah. in GCI. Something's pretty amazing. But he talked a little bit about the, uh, what do we call it, the culture, I guess, around the yes. company. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm very proud of is we can get Pat from where he was as as, as somebody who's very ambitious and somebody who wants to achieve and somebody who's a, a good person in life, and we can get him up to a certain level of income and certain level of standard very, very quickly with yeah. our training and procedures that we do have. Yeah. Um, we are re- very selective on the people we put into our team now, um, and I think you know we we would go from from inquiries for positions to actually employing somebody would only be one in 150, one in 200 people now. Okay, okay. And I think that, you know, from my point of view, I think, and this is what I'm very passionate about, is lifting the standard in the real estate industry um, because I think we all have a responsibility to make the service standards in real estate better. And one of the ways that we can do that is selectively hire the right people to put in front of clients. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me dig a little bit deeper. Let me just unpack that. Tell tell yes. me a bit more about your training there. I don't want you to give away your secret sauce, but tell uh, me tell me what you think uh, makes that work so well. Look, I think we have a full, what we call People Works, um, and People Works is our recruitment section, and they consistently are talking to lots and lots of people. And there's right. no secret sauce in that. I think it's it's, it's prospecting basically. Um, quality salespeople are there and quality people out there who don't even know they could be a good salesperson yeah. are in the in our communities. Um, but we have to give the right people the opportunities. And the only way that I know about it is to talk to lots and lots of people and, and put them through filters. And the filters are hard. There's no doubt about that. We want to make it hard because if you're prepared to put the effort in to get through our filters, we know at the, the end you're going to put the effort in when it, the times get tough because as most of your listeners, and I know you do know, the perception from the general public about real estate sales is that you drive around in a nice car, wear a nice suit, and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, we all know that's vastly different from that and the, the, the complexities and the, the emotional energy that you need to put into it is very draining sometimes. So we want people with resilience to be able to put up with that and the goals that need to be done with that. So yeah, yeah. yeah the, do a, uh, lot, a lot of testing through that to make sure, number one, they're resilient and number two, we call it the why. If you've got a why to do it, you'll end up looking after your clients well because you know... As a paradox, if you want to get something out of it, you have to look after your customers really well. Of course, of course. Well, Patrick's uh, obviously a, a clear example. Uh, I think he was yeah. uh, selling uh, electrical retail or doing something well, like that. Harvey, the Harvey Norman Harvey franchisees, Norman. I think it was Harvey Norman, um, are, are, are for everybody out there, they're, they're actually very hardworking. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they know how to run systems. They're very good at customer service. And the... 
uh, income they're earning from where they are is nowhere near what they can earn in a real estate sales position. Yeah. So, uh, little note to hunting ground for us. Yeah. Well, I was about to say uh, a, a note to self uh, suggest to uh, people looking to recruit to uh, start stalking the good salespeople at Harvey yeah. Norman, perhaps, and yeah, JB well, Hi-Fi. Very much. I, look, I, I think those electrical salespeople, electrical sales, uh, not not just electrical, but salespeople in in stores like that and hospitality, where we've probably gained the um, the best traction with people because they know how to work hard, they know what customer service is all about, and they'll get rewarded a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought uh, Patrick had terrific energy, which is why uh, he's obviously on a pretty exciting career trajectory as well. So. 1988, you started with your dad. It was a single office in Stafford at the time? Single office in Stafford at the time. Yep. Um, and look, we were, we, were, we were, you know, again, just making ends meet. You know, we, um, we, I remember Dad saying at one particular point in time he was sick of, you know, bills coming in and wondering how he's going to pay those bills. Yeah. And, you know, we, we bumbled around till about 93, 94. Um, and when I mean bumbled around, bumbled around. Um, Dad had been in the industry for a lot longer, and he was, I suppose, a typical very good salesperson who starts to open up an office and then realises that leadership's a vastly different beast to being a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk uh, about it. So we bumbled around to 93, 94, and then we, we, we decided, you know, I remember the conversation distinctly you know, and with with Craig, who's a business partner, and he's a sales director in the business as well. Yes, and he's yep. a major shareholder in the, the business as well. And we sat down and we had a conversation about we either have to find another income stream or we've got to make real estate work. And thankfully to this day, we decided to knuckle down. And when I mean knuckle down, we worked for two years, seven days straight. Yeah. Um, and we, we went and sourced the best in the industry and basically we copied it um, and just put it into play. Yeah. And funnily enough... We we ended up turning that one little office, what we call the hole in the wall. It was, you know, at that particular point in time, it was transacting about, uh, it averaged just a touch over thirty sales a month. Yeah, this was by '98, so it's only three years later. Yeah, um, we had, you know, three hundred and fifty rentals, and we had a sales team of only six people. So. We we when that was rolling well and profitability started obviously and the, the energy in the office was great, um, the, the work had paid off and that's that's I suppose the DNA and the nucleus of what we're achieving with all of our offices now is to get them to that standard. Well, going back to '98 and uh, uh, when did the second store open? When did the second office open? Um, was that after you took took the reins? Yeah, very much. So I took over in in 2000. Yeah. Um, um, fully, um, and I suppose I, I'm an ambitious person, and the idea of you know being in a successful one successful office, um, I just my attitude towards life is give it all you've got, and um, I just didn't see the benefit of you know sitting in one office and, and making a good income. There's no doubt about that, and very profitable, and you know, everything was looking good, but I just wanted more out of it. So we opened a second office, and um, the first time we did it, it didn't work. To be honest, um, I went into a 50-50 partnership with one of our lead salespeople at that particular point in time, and I just couldn't get the culture right. So we ended up selling that first office back to him. That was in 2002, and then we came up with the model that we've got now, which is fully company-owned. Um, I found when I opened up a, another office in a 50-50 partnership, there was there were cultural elements that, that the offices were competing against each other, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. Um, whereas what we have now, because we are all company-owned 
and I have key. We all have shareholders. I'm, you know, I, I'm not. I don't even own over fifty percent of the business. I'm a bit under fifty percent of the business. Um, but the key shareholders all have a vested interest, and they're all the people in the lead leadership team. So it doesn't matter whether you're a property man- management leader or a sales leader. You're still looking after the business in general. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and it's, what's interesting is that you've you've taken a different path to a lot of real estate business owners. Uh, instead of saying, you know, staying as the as the solo solo uh, shareholder, you've uh, you've you've formed these these partnerships that clearly have worked very well with with Craig and others, and 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 you've been able to grow the business by bringing in some some expert help and have having these guys uh, uh, share the load with you, I guess. That, that's exactly what it's about. You know, uh, someone said to me, a real estate trainer said to me once, in all honesty, Andrew, would you prefer to have 100% of your real estate business or 1% of BHP? And, you know, if, if you put it in terms like that, clearly, without ego involved, I would prefer 1% of BHP. Of course. So the idea was percentages don't matter. The right people matter, and when you inspire people, the right people, and I say the right people, very important, because to become a shareholder is actually a very exhaustive um, process into our business, and yeah. it goes over a lot of things, not just making income for the business. You know, yeah. You've got to be culturally fit, you've got to be approved by the board, your family's got to be approved by the board. So once you get the right fit of person who has ownership working in your business, not only are you sharing the load, they take ownership of everything they do because they're doing it for themselves. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, if there was a, it's not a secret, but that's humanity. That's how we all like to work, I believe. Yeah, I, I guess so. But, but also the culture that you've developed by, by keeping it that way. Um, and, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you, you're just as aware as I am that uh, the, the, uh, if, if you run a franchise with, with an office, um, you know, with one of the bigger brands, you pay a lot of money yes. for those rights. Um, so this this is a totally different model where where there can be collective control, I guess, but also also collective guidance and and you know sharing the other things like training and and everything that goes with that. Exceptionally well, and you know nobody. This is the other point, I suppose. Nobody's in just one part of the business. Um, we we when you buy into the business or you have shares in the business, you have shares across property management, finance, sales, the RTO that we do have, um, our new financial planning section, so that everyone has a vested interest in looking after the core values of our business. Right. Right. And I think that makes a big difference to us with franchises. Understandably, you've got a franchisor who has a vested interest in just making sales. They're not really interested in the profitability of their franchisee. And right. that's why I believe you have a lot of the franchisees still having to sell real estate or sell property because if they don't, they're not profitable. Yep, yep, okay. As a company, well, care, and that's why I think a lot of the franchisees, the franchisors talk about market share. And we're interested in market share, sure, but our biggest deal is profitability. Sure. That's what our business is there for. Yeah. And we, we make no bones about that, and we will get profitability by being the best real estate um, business in the, in, in the land, and that's our, our mantra. Well, that comes uh, – well, I can see how that's happening. That, but that also comes back to your people, and I know we, we uh, might yes. sound, like, sound like we're going around in circles, but I, I, no, do, no, want to, I do want to circle back on that because yes. I think I read somewhere that, um, that your guys and, and girls uh, – yes are making three times what the industry average is. Is that correct? 
Yeah, very much. It's actually four times. On average, okay. in, in Queensland anyway, on average, the real estate industry, the income is very low for people because um, it's, a, it's a very low barrier to entry. Yes. Um, in, in, in Queensland, I suppose most of Australia as well. Yeah. So the, in, the getting in is very easy and getting out is very easy. There's no, you know, uh, you can still give real estate a go, if that makes sense. Yeah. With us, we, we you know, if somebody says, I'm going to give real estate a go, we tell them to go and give it a go with another agency. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're just not going to work with us. We are career real estate salespeople and, and property managers and a real estate property business, we call ourselves now. And... I think that's why, on average, last year, our guys were a bit over $180,000 on average, including the new people coming through after the first, wow. what we call, first four months. Yeah. So it's very high, but don't get me wrong, they work very hard. You know, they, we don't have people just rolling the arm over. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, we, we have people who are there because they have a real need for their lives to grow, and we support that as well by helping them sell lots of real estate. Well, surely and you're... My, Surely your oh, yeah. recruiting process has got a lot to do with that as well. Like it you does. said, you, if, you'd be having people approach you every day the size of your company now. We do. We do. We do. And look, I'm, uh, we have to be, as we grow, we, 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 I suppose about two years ago, two and a half years ago, we made a big mistake and we're not infallible at all. We make lots of mistakes. But we actually relaxed our hiring processes and we found, number one, the sales team weren't doing any better. We just had more people there yeah. not making the same amount of sales. We had unhappier sales team because, you know, a salesperson is generally most happy when they're making lots of sales. Yeah. It's fun. It's exciting. You've got stuff happening all the time. Um, and the energy is high in the offices then. And we also found the culture was starting to wane because you've got all these people here who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yes. So... We learned our lesson from that, and what we've realised is we still have to talk to lots of people, but we only put on selectively the right person, which is we've got a mantra now, one person per quarter per office. Okay. That's all. Okay. That's the maximum we will put into an office now. That's interesting that you've been able to develop the metrics to uh, to know what to do because our industry is just is notoriously bad for what we call churn, you know, bringing exactly. people in and... and uh, giving them a desk, a phone, and a month, and, yep. and out they go. So, Yep. And what, what, what we're starting to realise now, too, is because the offices are only allowed to put on one person per quarter, um, and we metric them on failures, too. So if they're putting people through, we will put the leader through some intensive training on what they're doing wrong with regard to leading people. Yeah, yeah. Because I, um, I'm sure you agree with this. The biggest thing that real estate businesses in Australia lack is good leadership. Yeah, 100%. Now tell me about tell me about the the office leaders or or, or managers yes, I guess as we call yep. them. Um, do they come up through the business or are they? They do. They generally do. Um, yep. We we've just identified that's our biggest issue. Um, yep. It's a bit silly. It takes twenty five years to learn something so simple. <laughs> but that is our biggest issue. And what we do have now is a year long course for our RTO, which will give people a cert for in leadership. And that year long course they have to do before they can become a leader so we're actually bringing people through who want to be leaders in two and three years time now through a course and the course is very practical it's one one day a month for a whole year and there's a lot of practical things they have to do on leadership um and that's starting to have some effect on us on our, our future stock bank of leaders if that makes sense so the majority of them do come from internally yes we have hired outside um for the right person um, who has proven they've been in a good leadership role somewhere else and built a business. Yeah. 
because I do believe real estate, look, the skills of selling real estate are different to the skills of leading. And we've, we've got one person in an office who has never been in real estate before, and we gave him a three-month trial in an office to learn, and he's having, um, he, we're going to put him in his own office now, and he's never been in real estate sales before. Yeah, yeah. So he has been in a sales business, but not real estate. But yeah. he is a very good leader and man manager, I suppose. That would be the way to describe him. Okay, okay. Well, that's awesome. They still have to sell. Um, out of interest, for, you know, just to tell your listeners, I don't believe, we, we've gone both ways. We've had non-selling leaders, and we've had high salespeople leaders, if that makes sense. Yeah. High salespeople leaders keep wanting to sell it to real estate because that's what they like doing, so they don't manage the people well enough. Yeah. And the non-selling ones um, don't have any respect from the sales team. So there's, there's a, there's a, we, we make them sell to a very low number. Okay. But still, basically list two properties a month. That's all they've got to do. So okay. They their but they're, in the, they're still in the field and they're doing it? Very much. So, and, you know, and leading by example? Leading by example, yep. exactly. Yeah. Andrew, uh, I really like your company logo. Um, yes. Do you have a name? Do you have a name for the yellow uh, logo? Well, with the C yeah. in it, because it, it looks yeah, like. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Anecdotally, everyone calls it the C bomb. Okay, um, I like it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's um, it is great. We we were. Um, we found who I believe is the best. He calls himself, and it's an unusual term, a brand architect. Right. Um, but that's what he is, and he does an exceptional job of it. His name, I'll give him a plug, because his name's Justin Martin. Okay. He's from Sydney. Right. And um, he he has created that, so that C becomes the recognisable logo rather than the Coronas, which we always wanted. Yeah, well... And, um, that 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 little that circular symbol with the with the arrow at the bottom uh, yes. difficult to describe a a, a yes. visual thing on a on a podcast but um, that reminds me that my first thought was it's kind of like the the little ID dropper on a on a Google map or something that, like that. Yeah, that so, that's where the DNA came from. Yeah, to be honest. yeah. Yeah. It's got that. Anybody I'm very was... proud of that. And to be honest, uh, I, I suppose my old Greek heritage is to be very frugal with money. And when all the guys came to me and said, "We're going to change. You know, we, we've got to we've got to make ourselves look more appealing to the market," um, I was very reluctant. Um, I can safely say that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, that the marketing and our brand is starting to attract better quality properties, better quality clients. If people want to use us now. Um, and I was I was quite staggered by that, but that's yeah. the way it is. Well, it uh, I mean, you had the you had the uh, the confidence, I guess, to go with the team, and uh, and um, yeah. collectively, you guys have delivered something that that looks pretty awesome. By the way, if you want to check it out, go to corona c o r o n i s dot com dot au, and you can have a look at the site. And while you're there at the site, I just want to mention this, Andrew. Um, how new is this site? Because it's uh, it's full of lots of colour and movement, and uh, and and it looks really, really good. Is this a recent uh, addition? Yeah, it is. It is the beginning of the year, and it's still work in progress. We've got our own digital guy on now, and this is right. one of the things about being a bigger business. We can have our own digital guy on, yes. and he is constantly putting offers and different pages up, and you know, refreshing the page. Now he changes every the the, 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 the a lot of things are changing daily, um, and it's actually we can watch the traffic change and people coming back yeah. to the site because they know it's changing all the time. Yeah, and I suppose they're some of the things that we can do now as a bigger corporation that you just can't do as a small business. No, no. Well, well, that's certainly, uh, I mean, a website like that is just, uh, well, a good website is, is so essential, obviously. Um, Very much. In this Very day much. and age, just, just to be found in, in the first place, I guess that's, that's, and that's what you guys Very have done. Much. Oh, well, it's funny. We, we, 
you know, one of the things he's done very well. There's there's a site I don't know if you know called Product Review, and funnily enough, the the, the third biggest search term on Google for Coronas now is Coronas Review, and I, I imagine it would be the same for most real estate agencies because everyone is getting reviewed online now. Okay, um, I was lucky lucky enough to be in Silicon Valley recently, and. Yeah, but they were talking about your business's social currency. Yeah, yeah, and oh, very much so. And quite frankly, you know, you should get on, and I, I employ all all your listeners to get on and view your own social currency because I had no idea that out of five, we were being marked at one point two. Yeah, and generally because people who are disgruntled are allowed a voice, and they'll get on there and 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 have a, an issue. Yeah, and I, I respect that. There's no issue there. Yeah. But he's implemented something in place now to get positive reviews on there as well from our clients. Um, and we're up to 4.2 in Australia. And it just it was actually two days ago, this is, and this is starting to happen a lot more, where people are calling into our office saying, I saw you on product review. You're number one in Queensland, and you're second in Australia at 4.2 or something like that. I'd like you to sell my house. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's a social proof right there. Yeah, blows my mind that you know, we are as real estate agents. We are being shopped twenty four hours a day. We don't even know it now. Well, I've actually just put a podcast out to, to that effect to say that yes. um, uh, chances are, before you walk into the living room or or the kitchen to deliver that listing presentation, they've already formed an opinion about you, yes. and chances are they've already formed that opinion online. They'll be looking at your website, they'll be looking at things like LinkedIn profiles, they'll be looking at your Facebook page, um, anywhere where they can, uh, you know, like if you do a search, all of these things often come up. So it's interesting as to as to what people... Oh, to. yeah. And look, you know, I would do the same thing. I'm sure you would do the same thing as well. You, of, course. You, you, of course. I'm not going to invite somebody into my lounge room who I don't have a really good understanding of what they're like. Well, it, it's interesting, you know, look at the success of TripAdvisor where exactly. where everything's yeah. everything's rated, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, if people have scored it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, you know, I, I want to get a, a, a... I'm a big fan of Uber. If I want to um, get a car from A to B... Uh, I really, you know, I've worked really hard to make sure that I've got a, I think it's three stars on my profile. Uh, I can also see the, the, the rating of the driver there as well. Um, I like to stay at Airbnb uh, uh, places and same, same thing there. So, so our industry, I mean, you're ahead of the curve here because I believe that, and like, I don't know what's going to happen and, and, and neither do you, I'm sure, but... When you see these kind of things happening in in the market, you have to wonder. And I think the best thing we can do is is be prepared. I'm with you. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion, Uber, because Uber's fantastic and I use it. I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening will use it as well. But what we're starting to implement now is on our website, we are actually getting our our salespeople rated um, because our big push now after being in in Silicon Valley is customer, customer, customer. And funnily enough... The customer doesn't mean um, people who are selling their house specifically. It's anybody who contacts your business is able to give you a rating now. Yeah. And that, that person can be a tenant and that person can be a buyer who doesn't even buy off you. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, the people who are thinking about selling their houses are going to read those reviews. They sure are. They sure and are. And we are putting a huge emphasis on, on, on customer service at the moment um, to get it through the roof because that... I believe will be the only thing that will save real estate agencies from being redundant. Yeah, yeah, you totally agree. Value, value for your customer service. So, 
we're doing a thing called NPS. I think it's the best way to rate customer service. I don't know if you've heard of that before. The Net Promoter Score? Net Promoter Score, yeah. yeah. And we've been, we've been using it, but we're doing literally everything now from even every buyer inquiry yeah. gets the opportunity to rate us. Every tenant inquiry gets the opportunity to rate us. And funnily enough, the actual the, the team members are taking control of their own NPS scores because no one likes to have a low score. Of course, yeah. So finally, when you start rating service, people will lift their service standards. And my opinion is when you lift your service standards, you'll have more people coming to your business providing better service. Yeah. I'm going to put – I won't go into it now because I've got some other questions to ask you, but I will put a link to uh, the NPS, the Net Promoter Score, um, in the in the, uh, in the the show notes with this interview that I'm doing now yeah. with Andrew, uh, and you'll be able to check it out there. Andrew, um, what else did you learn in Silicon Valley? I'm, I'm really interested – uh, obviously, this is. Yeah, um, I was lucky. I was lucky enough to go um, spend some time at um, Airbnb, right, um, and at Google, um, and at Uber as well, which is really great. Um, I never actually got to Uber, but I spoke to the contingent of bloke, the, the contingent of people that went there. Yeah. And look, the one thing they all have in common that I couldn't believe is these businesses, whether we like it or not, this is the way they are. They're big businesses. They've only been going for a short period of time, and they're being run by, well, Google and Airbnb, uh, um, Airbnb and Uber are being run by 25 to 30-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Google was older than that. But what they continually do is concentrate on the customer experience. And in Google's case, the customer is not actually the people who pay the bills. They're not yeah. people like us who pay for AdWords. Yeah. Their customer is the people who are searching. Yeah. And they, that, that's the one thing I picked up, and that's why I brought back customer service to us, is that if we can get our customer service correct, like Google does, you know, they provide a really good service for people, and that's why people use Google. Yeah. And they understand they're only they, they, if they slip on that customer service and they don't keep innovating and evolving, they'll be you know they're dead. Yeah. yeah. And so that was the biggest thing that I learned from going over there. Totally agree. How long ago was that? Um, last month. Okay. All right. So it's all so pretty fresh. Oh, very fresh. It was it, look. It was a life changing moment for me to be hanging around with people like that who are, to, no pun intended, uber smart. Yeah, and yeah, uh, they are uber smart. <laughs> and, um, and and energetic about their yeah, and their their lives and their days and their work environment. And you know, you're walking through Airbnb and people are able to take their dogs to work. You know, yeah. got, it's just it's a this this idea of work and. Work and home is not it. It's just it's their lifestyle now, yeah. and I think as a real estate industry, we've got to accept that as well. And you know, if we're going to attract good young talent to our industry, we have to start making it more attractive for people to come to it. What do you think the? And uh, this is a probably a beautiful segue into um, uh, into my next question. And you've probably already partially answered answered it, but I'll, I'll, I'd like to ask it anyway. What does the future of real estate look like? And when you look back. To '98, when you were working with your uh, to '88, I'm sorry, when you started working yes. with your dad, um, who would have thought? You know, I'm sure you wouldn't have thought, or, or even your father would have thought that the shape of of the Coronas business now. So, fast forward another five years, which is a long time now. It's like 20 yes. years in the old language. It What's it, it look like? Um, What's a real we, estate we, office look like? Are, the vision's there, and I suppose that's one thing that. That if I, is a talent of mine, I believe, is that I, I can vision things well. You know, we, we have 50 offices um, within the next four years, so we've gone from 23 to 50. Right. Um, I have taken a chairman role of a bigger business where we will be in a situation where 
we will either list our business or we will be ready to list or we will have the corporate governance around our business that runs it like a listed company, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. We will have, because I, I, I truly believe corporate governance is a very good thing once your business grows. Um, yeah. We can't run it like a small business anymore. Um, we have to get it to a stage where we will be turning over $200 million or more in today's value. That's our vision for that type of business. Yeah. We will be in, in, in five states or starting to get into different states. The 50 offices will be marked for Queensland now, so we'll start going to New South Wales. We'll be able to give people opportunities to, with um, the profitability we have, with a, I suppose, money to say, here you go, go down to New South Wales and start it up. Go to Victoria and start it up. Now, um, is, is the only reason you can do that because you've perfected, or there's no such thing as perfect, but you yeah. have really developed the a proven model in Queensland? Very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, I think we, we will always evolve. We have to, and that's just that's the way that we, we are. If we're doing – I believe if you're doing the same job or the same thing every two years, you're falling behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm lucky enough – I say this to people – I'm lucky enough that I have changed my job every two years. I've yes. evolved every two years, but I've never had to change my company. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I love – that I've got a base now that I keep evolving from, and that's why you know, Google and Airbnb and all these companies, all they've done now is just keep evolving. They keep growing. Yeah. They don't have to concentrate on running their business because it, it's, the systems are running the business, if that makes sense. Uh, well, that, they are, but, but um, to, to just uh, unpack on, on a former point you made mm. um, and something that you brought home from California is the development around the, um, the customer experience and and. And letting and looking for ways to enhance that, I guess, which is what you guys are doing. Exactly. Yeah. Look, my my firm belief is, and and this is why I've gone on this part too. I mean, I'm here to protect our business and the real estate industry too. If we don't do something and lift our standards, we are, in my opinion, sitting ducks. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. We get paid very well for selling a house. Um. We we. I, I do believe we offer good service for that, but we have to offer service to everybody, not just the people buying houses. And I know our business has a lot to grow in that space, which I'm pretty excited about. Well, absolutely, and um, and you know our chances are only enhanced with the advances of technology and and how we can leverage that as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Andrew, um, who are your heroes? Um, my father, to be honest. Um, there, I, I did a lot of reading on Winston Churchill. Yeah, um, he was a great hero of mine, and what he did, and 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 it's 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 funny. You know, my my strongest heroes are generally people who have been through a lot of suffering, if that makes sense, yeah. and got out of it. Yeah, because I, I I believe in heart. You know, I I believe in being deep and 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 having to fight for what you have to do. And, you know, there's been a lot of fighting that we had to do to get to this, where yeah. we are today. So yeah. that'd be the, the two biggest people that I rely on when I'm lying in bed and you know, troubles are hitting me. It, it must have been hard for Churchill because he suffered severe bouts of depression as well. Very much, yeah. Um, yeah. And in his blackest blackest time when he was fighting the war, uh, it's, it's amazing. No wonder he drank and smoked, I, I guess. Yeah, 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 very much. I mean, he had to stand up. And you know what? That's what I like. You give me somebody that's prepared to stand up when the bullets are flying, yep. and um, that that does it for me. That's, yeah. that's, that's where I tick the boxes. Yeah. So, you know, and to, to think that you know, when he was at school, he wasn't the brightest kid by a long way. No, um, no. You know, they'd, you're not going to amount to anything type of stuff. And, uh, but he had ticker. And I think in life, we can get so far when we've got ticker. Yeah. 
Yep. Ticker for uh, my non-Australian listeners is courage. Um, yes. Sorry, in spades. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I just wanted to quickly trans because I use that same term all the time. I know what it yep. means. But, uh, and Andrew, when you're, not, um, when you're not working on your business, which I guess is a lot of the time, what, what are your passions? How do you, uh, how um, do you unwind? Yeah, no, I've got a, there's a um, place, where, uh, obviously in Brisbane, there's a place called the Sunshine Coast in Noosa. Um, oh, yeah. We've got a beach house up there that we spend a bit of time with. Lovely. Um, I, uh, we've got young kids, 9, 11, 13. I'm very active in their sporting lives and their sporting communities and their schools. Uh, and that's, that's, that was one of the things that got me on this road as well. I didn't want to be on Saturdays um, having to do open for inspections and running my kids to football. Yeah. I wanted them to be there for them yeah. because, again, we only have a short period of time in that kid's lives. Yeah. And I, I, I keep saying to our guys who are salespeople now, I want you to grow. I want everybody in our business to grow so that when they get to a certain level, because I believe you know, five or six years in sales, you start getting a little bit tired of it. There's no doubt about it. You know, certainly after 10 years, you start getting a bit tired of it. And I want to develop these people so that they can experience what I've experienced. Yeah. Life. Well, it is so, the nature of our industry, I, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking anything it, away from it, but it is, no. it is hard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's, there's no career progression. That's one of the biggest issues I have, yeah. and that's what I want to give people, and I believe we can give people in our business as opposed to most other businesses is some form of career progression away from sales because we'll train them up and we'll educate them and we'll support them to get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But the only other thing I do, I do an Insta Triathlon every year. Okay. Um, which is great. Yep. And um, I ride a bike. Like nice. Most middle-aged men now. Okay. Have you got the Lycra? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Love it. I love it. And I'm proud of it. Too. Okay. Yes. Well, can you send me a photo for the uh, show yeah. notes? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, all right, I will. No problem at all. I'll thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Hey, Andrew, thank you. So I'm going to wind up. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I know we've had a couple of uh, attempts to get together and, and you're, you're a seriously busy guy. So thank you for setting aside some time. It's been awesome. Uh, anybody listening to this will have made uh, a couple of pages of notes. Um, so, yeah, so, no, thank you. I look, at, you know, one of the things that I enjoy is giving back to the industry. It's been, you know, property industry has been very good to me. Yes. Um, and, you know, I I implore people because, you know, everyone goes through ups and downs in life, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. If you are finding it hard, you know, I just think, you know, I think back to that conversation we had in 1995 and luckily enough, we didn't decide to go and, you know, quit and go somewhere else. We decided to knuckle down. And yeah. I implore people, if it's not working, Go and find the right systems procedures. Work really, really hard for two years and watch the difference that'll make in your yeah, life. Yeah, watch what watch what actually happens. Well, yeah, exactly. clearly you're a, you're a thought leader uh, in our in our industry and the changes that you've made. I mean, your business person of the year nomination. I'll be watching for that in, in October. But look, you know, and I want to say good luck. But even if you even if you even if you're not victorious on the day, I think it's a huge effort for somebody inside exactly. our industry to be nominated in any case. So. So good luck for that and congratulations on your success and thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Top Agents Playbook podcast. For show notes from this episode, recent podcasts and lots more, go to topagentsplaybook.com. (laughs) 